Jason, as happens every single Wednesday, today's episode is brought to us, well, not us, our listeners, by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! You know, I like that you yell their name, because really, it's like we're going to yell for them every single day. We need their help. We do. We don't know anything about window treatments. Let's be honest. It's not in our strengths. I mean, honestly, you could you could make a, a pretty fair argument that podcasting is not in our strengths either, but blinds, definitely, definitely not in our wheelhouse. Definitely not our wheelhouse. And apparently, you're not supposed to choose bed sheets for your window coverings. That's true. I, I believe I, I went through a long phase where uh, fleece blankets were a nice window covering. But yes, I, circa, I've been told since. Circa 1996, uh, college apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Right after college, perhaps, before you got money and taste. Right, right, or right. Or married, whichever that may be you get. Hey, and apparently there's some rules, like light colors, you know, white. That reflects solar energy away, and it, it you know, helps your house. And dark colors do the opposite. They absorb heat, so you get, can keep that in there. So if you want to keep your room cooler or warmer or lighter or darker, you pick your colors to go with it. Who knew? Well, I'll tell you who knows. The fine folks at Budget Blinds of Lee's Summit, go down, see them for all your interior decorating needs, right in the heart of downtown Lee's Summit. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee's Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is not nearly as excited as I am about my new belt. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You know, I got to tell you, there's something satisfying about when you have to buy a new belt. It is. And I went online and I did some shopping and I bought one of these fancy new belts without like the traditional buckle and some new stuff. I'm digging it. I, I got it yesterday. Have it on today. I'm very, very excited. It's a visual medium. So I want to just take some time to describe the, the whole belt thing. No, I'm not going to do that. But I got a new belt. I'm super pumped about it. But I know you're not going to be as excited. I'm not. All right. Wink to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is the can, which we're just going to kick down the road. Hashtag foreshadowing. Hashtag foreshadowing. Hey, Jason, I hope everybody else has their tickets. You and I do. We've got tickets. Blarney Brew Off this weekend. That is absolutely correct. I am super stoked. It is a big and fun event. It'll be, uh, I believe I saw a little note that there were still some tickets available. Um, at least as of yesterday, there were some tickets available. So if you have a chance and they still have some, you better get them, snap them up so you can come and sample all the different beers, get some swag, have a good old time. It'll be covered just in case there's rain. It looks like, I think the temperature is actually supposed to be pretty good this weekend. So I'm looking forward to a heck of a good and time. And you know what? It's right next door to our studio's here at Bridge Space. We are not going to record a podcast episode while sampling beer. We have been advised that that might not be a very good idea. But we do think we're going to try to do uh, take some video, do some things, and see if we can come up with some sort of uh, podcast-related shenanigans for while we are at the brew-off. Nice nice use of shenanigans. I, you know, Shenanigans is a word that gets used a lot in my house. Hey, and if you're a parent and you've got kids, K through 7th grade, Summer programming, the course catalog for the Lee Summit R7 School District. Summer program will be available. Well, it's available now. It was available as of late last week. You can check it out. If you think you're going to do some summer schooling for your kids to see what the district has available, you get your opportunity. 
Hey, here's another last chance thing. Summit Ice, they're closing up their first season. So strap on the skates, go get one more time on the ice before pickleball courts open up again. That's it. I'm kind of looking forward. I've never gotten to play pickleball. Kind of excited. I want to try it this year and get out there. I think maybe that should be one of our Facebook live events is have somebody take video of you and I trying to play pickleball. You know what? It might be entertaining if only to see us be utter failures. Well, I mean, I think there's a high chance that that's going to be the case. So, yes, it will. Yes, it will. And before we get to the main part of our show, one last thing. As the election comes up for our R7 Board of Education, check out the elections page at linktolesummit.com. We have written Q&As with, with the candidates as well as some audio interviews that Jason and I did and we posted on the podcast. So if you want to get to know the candidates, see what each of them are about. Go check out the elections page at linktolesummit.com. I'm going to highly recommend those uh, the audio ones. I think there was some pretty significant differentiation amongst the candidates and the way they tackled some of our questions. Um, and, and I think that you can help find that the ones that hook up or line up best with what you are thinking about with the school board election. But you want to get to the polls, maximum information, and the best way to do that is linktolesummit.com. Jason and I next week, you, this show, we will we'll kind of take one last look at all of the candidates and some of the issues that everyone's talking about. and we'll, So we'll do one kind of last roundup to help everybody get prepared for the following week and election day. I'm going to bring my hot takes. Uh-oh. If I have any. I'm scared. <laughs> hot take time. <laughs> well, let's get to the, the, the meat of this week's episode, Jason. It's a pretty thin sandwich, I gotta admit. It's a thin sandwich. We're talking housing, specifically, we're talking multifamily housing, a proposed development for the downtown area. All right, so tonight the council heard the preliminary development plan, which came through Planning Commission. So I was there, we voted in favor of it and sent it up that way. Um, what they were not. And hearing, by voting in favor, I mean, let's kind of remind people to right. a process. That's kind of our, our thing. Is is you you your vote in favor, and I say you as the as the, as planning, the body. planning planning commission body was a vote to of recommendation to move it forward to the city council. Well, more so, it was a recommendation to the city council to approve it, um, which is what that is. Um, so it didn't. Our vote only carried enough weight to get it to the city council with a recommendation. The city council was considering it tonight. What they were not considering tonight, and I think this is the kind of the kicker, is they were not considering the financing process or the incentive package, and that was a central role. But I know you have a little bit more information about what the apartment complex actually was. Well, I just want to just remind everybody what we're talking about. This is the the former Summit Church at 2nd Street and Douglas. The proposed development is for 276 apartment use. Units, uh, they're they're calling these Jason high end market rate, so so this will be probably the nine hundred to thirteen hundred dollar a month apartments. There will be a hundred sixty two one bedroom, ninety eight two bedroom, and sixteen studio apartments. In that, it's going to be four stories high, and five hundred forty four parking spots. Most of which are going to be an enclosed garage. You can't even see it. The apartments actually wrap around them. Here's a word I'd never heard this one before, and I even spent a little bit of time, like three whole minutes, in commercial real estate. They call that garage concept a Texas donut. That makes actually having lived in Texas, that makes a lot of sense to me. It makes no sense to me, and I'm a little disappointed that none of the council members sitting at the dais responded to that with what? Well, you know, 
Remember, but, but, Texans are Texans go everywhere. Like I, I used to joke because I went to college in Houston. Uh, it's a joke. It's a city. It was at the time was a city of about four million people and about seven million cars, and all of which got drove every day um, on the road. So a donut around parking makes a lot of sense. Except, you know, we go a little shout out for Shipley's Donuts, the the original Houston classic. All right. Now, <laughs> well, you look. That's were, a Texas donut to me. There were a lot of things that were talked about, a lot of complex things talked about tonight during the meeting. But my biggest question that didn't get answered was, why did they call it a Texas donut? I don't know. Probably has something to do with Texas. Ah, anyway. So let's start, Jason, with kind of what we've heard. What are what are some some stated arguments and reasons in support of this this project what have we been hearing well i mean i think one of the things is that the city has had a long standing um plan or desire to increase housing in the downtown core around downtown um that's was in i think the 2004 downtown master plan it was in the revised plan that they did a few years in 2015 um it's been a statement that the city council city councils have supported pretty consistently for the entirety of that time and probably before then it's been uh, supported by studies the edc uh did a study that talked about housing downtown and, and what the capacity was for it the, the the housing study that we've talked about repeatedly you know talked about housing in that area as well so it's it's something that's been on the council's mind in one form or another for more than a like 15 years now and and this is the first real big piece that's come across in a long time. And I think I think some of the reasons that that that, that that's been called for are are increasing density adds adds more money and sales tax revenue for the district. That's more money spent in our community. Right. And the more people you have, the more demand for services are created, and then that demand for services drives things. You know, one of the things. Um, that a lot of downtowns want, even a, even a really relatively small one down here is, you know, the op to buy groceries of some sort, even a, you know, even in the sort of traditional little mini market type thing where you could go buy some stuff. They don't have that down here, partly because there's not enough people and there, I mean, and there are like nine grocery stores within two miles, but, um, but we don't have that. So the more people you get, you get more services like that. Because there are people to serve in in that regard, it creates a demand for retail. It creates a demand for restaurants and other things of that nature, um, and that brings that activity, raises that tax base in that way. Well, let's flip sides now and let's talk about some of the the questions that came not only from from members of the council, but but also from some of the the public. And we'll, let's just let's just say this again, Jason. This was this we talk about this a lot. People showed up, so people people are. Interested in this this topic, there were people that showed up to talk in favor. There were people that sh showed up to talk in opposition. So let's let's talk about that. What were some of the questions from council members and maybe also from some of the public? There was some concern raised. Um, you know, I, uh, some of the typical stuff. Anytime you have a, a higher density use going in, traffic uh, was one that was raised. Uh, one that's I think of a particular concern in downtown is uh, sewers. Um, the sewer system down here is a little age, aged, and and so stacking 400 and some people or whatever the number of people is um, in the area is going to create some strain. So there was some concern about the impact of that. Um, the other big one that was was raised was parking, um, although that was kind of handled. That's handled in the app in, in the in the building in the donut itself as, as we as we want to go through that. So. 
Well, it turns out that after this discussion, Jason, the council actually voted to not do anything, to wait. And, and some of that was because, I'm, I, and I, I'm kind of doing a runaround here, what you brought up earlier that there was some confusion, not really confusion, but the, just that there was separation between the incentives and the financing portion of this plan and the pre-development plan that was proposed tonight. And so what the council did was they actually voted to not consider this until after the TIF commission has considered the incentives request from the developer. Usually those two things come together. They happen and then they they're come they're brought together before the council. They're two separate issues the council votes on, but but typically they are brought together. That is that is something that they do out of convenience, not necessarily by requirements of city code. But does that how does that affect the process? Well, I think you it it, it can there are two issues at hand here. Um, one is, and I think and, and the council struggled, I think, really hard to to separate the issues is one is there's an issue, and I think this is what the citizens were most concerned about. Um, or at least the ones the ones that came and expressed concern about this application were, you know, what what is the impact of this kind of a development on their neighborhood? On my neighborhood. Right, on my neighborhood. Do I want multifamily housing um, at all? Um, and we're going to come back to that, that particular question in a second. And then the second question is, which is really, you know, it, it's not hard. The, the council members aren't like super opaque about their – thought process here, but the ones who are expressing concern about the the project and wanting to not vote on it tonight or whatever were the, are the same ones who are expressing the most concern or the most um, apprehension or skepticism about the incentive package that would be coming forward. Um, and, and to be fair to all sides, which is, you know, it's a rare try. I'm going to try it, see how it works. But to be fair, in a, in a, pro, in, a development proposal like this, the incentive package is the is the key to the whole thing. If they're not going to get the incentives, the building's not going to get built pretty much full stop. That's right. the way that's going to work. So knowing what the incentive package is and having the, having the TIF commission's recommendation on it makes a lot of sense in terms of whether or not it's going to be a thing. And I think that there were, there were people there who, some of the council members specifically are very, very skeptical about the TIF and didn't want to give approval or a voice of any kind of an approval for the project until the TIF vote is done, for lack of a better way to put it. So they kicked it down the road. I get it. It's fine. Uh, I think we ought to be able to separate those two things and have, you know, they could have had the housing discussion. And they could have the TIF discussion. Yeah, for, for, for two guys who like process, who, who nerd out about process, that was interesting to me to watch that kind of – that inner struggle with each of each of the council members on how to separate that and, and figure out what, what they were voting on, what they weren't voting on. Right, and, and what they and, wanted to vote on and, and what, what they, they didn't want to vote on. Right, right. So in, ef- in effect, Jason, what does this actually mean for, for the proposed project? It means it all comes down to the TIF. Um, it, it, I believe it's in front of the TIF commission on the 25th. Um, it will They'll get a recommendation from that. Uh, if it's a recommendation of approval, um, that goes to the council. The council will discuss the project as, it, you know, as, as proposed. 
there are if if for whatever reason the TIF commission votes a recommendation of denial, that puts some pretty severe restrictions on the council's ability to approve it or what they can approve things for. And in, at least from my early read on it, it would pretty much be a killer for the whole thing. So the TIF commission's recommendations are really important in this process. So you, we'll hear that coming. Um, we'll hear that coming up on, and then it probably will be mid mid or late April. I'm not sure there's much more specifically we can talk about uh, that project, but Jason, I think I kind of want to pull back a little bit back to the 30,000 foot level and, and, and talk a little bit more um, broadly about our community. And, and what I think I saw tonight reminds me that there is a broader conversation that still needs to happen. And maybe it's happening now at the city level as they go through their strategic planning process. But it seems like we are still struggling as a community with if we want multifamily housing developments to happen and if we want any of them to happen near established subdivisions and housing units. That seems to be a big split right now in our community of, of, of what do we want. Am I reading that right? No, I think you're reading it correctly um, as a whole. I think you are. It's, you know, it, as a planning commissioner, as someone who sort of comes into that, I am often skeptical, at least initially, of those whose claims really just fall under the, the NIMBY, the not-in-my-backyard thing. People in the abstract, generally speaking, think multifamily housing is fine. Um, and we've had conversations on this podcast about, you know, you know, what are our standards here? Are they, you know, serving the common good? And we can have those conversations as well. But, you know, there there is people are fine with it. There's no objection to the Summit Square development that's on Chipman. Now, I will note that Chipman Road um, between 50 Highway and, and 291 is one of the few stretches in the city that has a lot of apartments on it. And the neighborhoods that are there probably are used to apartments, and that's that's fine. The and only those are also separated by a pretty busy thoroughfare. Right, there's a busy thoroughfare, but there and are there's apartments. there's a lot of commercial right. development all the way around there. And so I think the, the, the bigger question is, do we want those next door to our established housing? Right, and I think, uh, you know, if you think of some of the... The other, the, I would say there are two other places, right? Along uh, like Tudor, um, just on the other side of Lee Summit, no, on the east side of Lee Summit North, um, there are apartments that butt up to single family residentials. You know, it's across the street from a big single family residential subdivision. Um, and then the Longview, um, the developments out at Longview. And the people in Longview have, you know, now that the apartments were in and they were very skeptical when they went in, especially the second development. Um, they're in and they're good and they're, the people in Longview are pretty happy because those are, there's, you know, a thousand more people in the in that area that are making demands on services and they get a movie theater and all the other things. So, you know, it it's easier from sort of with hindsight to see that this is a good thing, but it's it's challenging when, you know, the, the nature of your your neighborhood as you perceive it is going to change and people are very resistant to that. And that's that's the question to get in there, and, and and something that I hope that they are tackling at the strategic plan level, and that the council maybe can come up with a a coherent stance um, that they can address, so that people will like a developer will know when they come in. You know, maybe 
we want to encourage multifamily development in this area and that area, but not over there or whatever, you know, whatever their choices are, if they have a coherent policy, it makes it easier for to co- talk about it with the, the neighbors as well as with the developers coming in. So hopefully, you know, we can have that conversation and then the council can just say it out loud what they're actually trying to do. Well, I'm hoping that we will hear more of that as as results from the community conversations and the, the, the smaller group conversations that have happened as part of this planning. As those results come in, I hope that we'll hear more about that. Well, that will wrap up our short episode for this week. We'll be back next week, and, and we promise we will we will one last time dig into to the election. We'll talk about the candidates. We'll talk about the issues surrounding each of the candidates. That'll set that up. Make sure you subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yeah, whichever one you want, Jason. Five-star reviews. Five-star. We need, we need some reviews. And also, hey, hit us up on Twitter at LS Town Hall, on Facebook, link to Lee Summit. Let us let us know what, what you'd like us to talk about. What are, the, what are the issues and things facing our community that you think need to be out there, that we need to have more conversations on? Let us know about that. We will talk to everyone next week. Jason, the hits keep coming. The hits to my weight just keep coming. And it is all because of our totally awesome sponsor, Shred. You know, I got to say, you, uh, you, I can tell. You know, and I, as a guy, and sort of a traditional stereotype guy, uh, am not necessarily the most observant about the uh, the changes that go on around you, you know, like it might take a day or two before I notice that my wife maybe changed her hairstyle, or that my car has been painted an entirely different color, or something easy. Yeah, like sorry that. about that. That's okay. Um, I know you were just you wanted my car to have the same color as yours, and it's very sweet. But to you, you know, this has been a longer process, and I know that we have been talking about your your adventures in lifestyle change and weight loss, but I've noticed. That it, you have, you look different. There's less of you there, and you you look better and healthier than you did when you started. And what else can we say than that? That's about it. There's only one other thing I'm going to say is, look, gyms are intimidating. They shouldn't be. What I've found is I've got to know the guys at Shred, specifically Ryan Waters, the owner. They're fun. They're fun to be around. They know a lot. They really know a lot. Look, they're not all meatheads, believe it or not. No, although I have to say, when you said the hits keep coming, I had an image in my head of Ryan punching you repeatedly. Well, he might do that if I stop doing the work. And that's the thing. That's why I do talk about it every week when we talk about our sponsors is this is my way of staying honest. There you go. So go see the guys at Shred, shredkc.com. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you.